In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Diet Starts Tomorrow, with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I'm on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Die Starts Tomorrow. I'm Aileen and I am very, very excited to introduce today's guest. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I am very excited. I know I'm just going to be excited all episode long, but I'll say I'm excited again to kick off this month with someone who is very vocal about her mental health struggles. She happens to be a Peloton instructor, but the, but most importantly, she is a DS tier. Welcome to the show, Kendall Tool. Ah, thank you so much for having me. This is so surreal. This is so strange. Surreal for you? Surreal for me, yeah. (laughs) I've been listening to this podcast for so long. And I remember like starting in fitness and listening to y'all all all the time. And I would have never thought that I'd be on here one day. So it's very, it's very, I don't know, I guess 360. I I can't believe that you're like talking back at me because usually when I see you, (laughs) you're just yelling to like increase... (laughs) My cadence to like 750 and, you know, there's no answer. (laughs) So this is great as well for me. So let's dive in. How did you just like become a Peloton instructor? What was life before that? I want to know Kendall pre-Peloton. Yeah, I will say I feel like one of those individuals that has had like nine lives. Like I feel like I have like seven different chapters before I got to where I am now. And part of me wonders like, all right, is that is that kind of pace going to continue? Granted, I like I love where I'm at right now. All is good. Like that's positive. But I would say like I, I grew up in L.A. and was a kid actor and did that for a little bit. Yikes. I saw you were in a movie. I Googled you. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no. I want to watch it. Oh, God. That's so funny. Because mm. mm. it says Kendall Tool actress online. Yeah. Well, because that's, that's kind of like what I did first. So yeah. I, it's a good thing because I was very comfortable in front of a camera. So it's funny mm-hmm. how your life, the dots end up connecting later on. Mm-hmm. You don't understand why at the time. But now I'm like, oh, I guess that kind of tracks. I'm in front of a camera every day now for work. So good. Right. I'm still comfortable. But I was a kid actor for a little bit, lived in L.A. I mean, everybody was a kid actor in L.A., let's be honest. Someone's parents were famous. I went to USC for college. Same deal there. Everyone's parents were famous. I felt very average there. Um, <laughs> I was like, nope, just from normal family, seemingly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so did that. And then right after college, I, I got majored in film and TV. And so I wanted to get into producing, was starting to do that, and then worked for a big tech company and was technically producing uh, just with a lot of people's user-generated content and creating that and pivoted from that environment. It wasn't the best place and got back into fitness because I was boxing for a long time. My mentor, uh, who's a director, had a boxing gym and recognized, he's like, kid, you're a lot you have a lot going on. And I was like, yeah, kind of. So I got into boxing and that led me to teaching boxing fitness. And that kind of just created the the choo-choo train or kind of the domino effect of working for a company that started a boxing fitness studio that has one in New York and LA and now they're much larger. And then Peloton slid into my DMs. Like literally? L- the best... <laughs> The best DM slide. Like, wow. Other people have tried. I'm like, no, no, it will never, no, no one. <laughs> what was, was the DM? Good. What did it say? Yeah, I think it was from, I think it was from Rebecca Kennedy. Or no, or was it Cody? It was Cody or it was Rebecca. And they're like, hey, we'd love to talk to you about Peloton. Do you know what that is? I did not. Um, fun, I can say this now because I feel confident about it now. But right after I joined, I had never taught cycling in my life. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I was like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like this like boxer lift weights type of a chick. Um, okay. Yeah. And I remember getting on the phone. I talked to Rebecca Kennedy for probably an hour 
after this really fun yoga event that I was at for some friends of mine. And I remember getting off the phone with her and I was driving typical LA in traffic. She was like, okay, it's, it's a great job. It's this. It's, I said, that sounds wonderful. She goes, it is in New York though. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I lived in New York briefly and I loved it, but I was, you know, the idea of living there full time and changing your entire life is a very different thing. So was this at the time when they were still like live classes? Oh yes. This was, oh my God, actually, let's see, 2019, three years ago, pretty much right now. Actually, I think she slid into my DMs right about this time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have an anniversary party. I know. Yay. (laughs) Isn't it crazy that Peloton like had the live class, like the virtual was sort of like part two, but like people were going to the live classes and now it's all done for, it's pretty crazy how like things change. Like even you're saying your life has changed so many, so many times. Like a company, like like the way that we have our relationship with a certain company. Like I I went to spin so much before, Mm -hmm. but I never thought about having my own bike. Yeah. And now I'm me and Russ, my husband, Rusty's like, okay, which Kendall class did you do today? <laughs> he was really excited that I was interviewing you. He's like, please Aww. tell her that her music makes me think back to the time that I used to go to clubs, specifically tell her exit and sound factory. I don't know if that means anything to you. Yes. Okay. Sound factory. <laughs> yes. 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 I mean, that's the fun part is like being able to playlist and build back nostalgia. And yeah. I think it's, it's odd to be at the age now where I'm like, oh, they're wearing like Gen Z is wearing stuff that I remember wearing the first time. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Not the low rise, not the skinny eyebrows. No, 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 no. no. We, we don't have to go back. We could just keep we going don't. forward. We, we know better. We have. And if anybody from Gen Z is listening, this is like a big sister announcement. Do not pluck your damn eyebrows. Don't do it. Just don't do it. They'll no. never grow back the same. Never, never. No, never got it, so what so what is it now? So what is it about cycling that you like? Do you feel like there's a different it's a different way to connect with your body or how is it different than boxing? But I know you've got, you started boxing with Peloton, which is amazing. Yeah. So Um, boxing just launched recently, but the cool thing with cycling and what's nice about it is that it's because everyone's connected and everything you can go off of the beat. So I love this, especially when you're teaching from a distance. And when now we're teaching, there has not been a soul in that studio, dear God, in like two years. So my job is just talking to myself all day. It's very (laughs) weird. It's very weird, but it's a way to know that we're all connected, right? Because I always have us ride to the beat or past the beat when you get mad at me when I ask for stupid <laughs> cadence, which I do. Um, and it just, it's fun because it, it, it simplifies it. It's a way to get everybody moving together. And it, for me as an instructor, it helps me know, okay, we're at least all connected here. And so I'm going to build off the motivation off of both the song or the energy in the class or the push or the drop, knowing that y'all are with me and because you're literally clipped into your bike. Like you're not going anywhere. Like I'm like, I got you for whatever period of time. Right. And so, okay. So how do you, so you, you saying that you talk to yourself is really funny because I often think about like, what is it like to be like the instructor right now? Like, is there anybody watching? Like who else is in the room? Is it weird just to talk to a camera and like motivate a camera or yourself? What What is it like? What's it like to be now that I get to ask you, what is it like <laughs> to do that? All the time. Okay. So it was really odd at the beginning. Cause when I, when I started teaching at Peloton, we had people in studio and then we would do these things called coach to camera and everybody, all the instructors were like, it's the worst. There's no energy. It's just you in the room and these cameras and you're, you feel awkward and there's no, there's no shout outs either because it's recorded. So you're really kind of, okay, I guess I'm, I I guess if I like it, you like it. Let's just kind of hope for that. And now, and with pandemic, we obviously went back into the studio to film, but we haven't had anybody return quite yet. So it became what was the most awkward way to teach was the only way that you could teach. Mm -hmm. So I think because of the necessity of what happened because of COVID and and the pandemic lockdown, we all found a way that, oh, this is the one time we get to express ourselves. This is the one time we get to feel slightly connected to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that that mindset mindset shift, that reframe made it so much easier to talk to yourself in a room. Because Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of like, okay, I'm either at home with my, at the time, my puppy, who you might hear a squeaker toy in the background that is totally Mm -hmm. Bowie, bang Bowie. But at the time it was me and my dog in 500 square feet and, you know, it was cold. And I'm like, what did I do? I moved, wait, what? I couldn't (laughs) be in California right now. What's happening? And so because of that, I think we all got a lot of practice in 
realizing, you know what, you show up as you are and you show up as authentic as you can be. And you're just like, F it. I hope somebody's with me. If right. they're not, I'm not their cup of tea. So be it. But it was, it's been kind of nice and oddly validating for like the weirdo that I feel like I am and the oddball I've always been to be like, oh, you guys accept me for my insanity. So I appreciate it, you know? So it's been cool to build community that way. Yeah. No, it definitely does not come off weird because obviously like as <laughs> as the receiver, like we you feel like you're talking to me, but like yeah. from your perspective, it must at least at first, like you're saying, feel a little bit funny to try to motivate no one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm motivating ghosts. It's right. what was but, too was like looking at those leaderboard names. Yeah. I, you know that somebody's there. You know that they're there. And mm-hmm. then at the same time, it's like, okay, how would I remember having to reframe this right at the beginning? I was like, when I look at that camera, I have to look at it like it's one of my friends. So yeah. I would think of like one of my best girlfriends, Kate. And I'm like, she and I are separate. What would I be telling Kate right now? Because Kate and her dad would take my classes. So once I started putting people that I felt familiar with there to kind of make it a little less awkward, like I was talking to the abyss. Yeah. Once I tried to get more specific about it, then that helped. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to remember this person for this class or dedicate this class mentally to someone else in my life. And that really actually helped because what we don't recognize is when we're talking and we're looking at screens there's people, there's human beings, there's stories on the other side of it. And this like depersonalization that I feel like happens because of social media and because of like things have been quantified to likes and comments and, you know, a, a weird avatar of who we really are or versus what we promote. Right. We forget that like there's a depth of emotion behind that. Like that's actually a human being. So trying to always remember like, okay, when there's a thousand people on a leaderboard, I want to imagine this room with a thousand people in it. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And those are all people with stories and moments. It is amazing to see how many people are just in those each class. Totally agree that like as a person who can talk to a camera like on Instagram, it just feels like you're talking because you only see the mirror image of yourself. But for everybody who watches it, they feel like they are you are talking to them specifically, not a group. So it really is a very intimate connection, even though it doesn't feel that way as the person delivering it. And so that's why a lot of people get sometimes upset about certain things that are said because it feels personal to them. Yes. But how do you show up to each class and have a different type of message that you want to share? Is that like, oh, I wake up in the morning and I'm you know, feeling this way, so that's how I want to show up? Or is it planned? When it comes to the motivation, it has definitely shifted and evolved through especially pandemic, right? So it used to be that I would have all these external experiences, right? We used to have these lives where we would be out in the world and you would get inspiration so easily because living in New York City, especially, there's so much around you. There's so much stimulus and you could walk in the subway and hear somebody like bitching at their boyfriend and you're like, oh God, what's happening? You know, Mm -hmm. and then you think, oh, she should be telling, she should be saying this. Like you hold your boundary, girl. Good for you. And I'm like, ooh, boundaries. That'd be great to talk about in class. Then when pandemic hit, it was, oh, wow, it's me and my dog in the TV screen. And it's very heavy and very frightening and scary and distance and all that. So that's where a lot of my like mental health journey and things that ended up helping me on my mental health journey came into play. So meditation became very helpful. Podcasts, I really leaned into podcasts and listening to them, listening to different people and like thought leaders in different spaces. I love a good TED talk. I love a good emotional show. And I'm like, and I started asking myself, and it's funny, I think it goes back to like, thank you acting class. It's funny how, again, the yeah. I would ask myself, like, why do I feel so empowered when I watch this? Like, what was it like? Or why do I feel like I'm getting all weepy seeing this story? Or what is are those things? And then I just would write them down or I put like I have notes on my phone. And just the like the act of writing it down between that and then the playlist, I feel like it comes together. Mm-hmm. In some weird way. I don't always plan everything I'm going to say. In fact, it's usually like, oh, it'd be cool if we had something in this direction. I know definitely like, I'll be honest, a lot of the motivation I give y'all is the shit I need to tell myself. <laughs> well, so, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> right, that's how it is, right? It's like, yeah. if you're like, oh, I'm stuck in this or I'm feeling this way. I'm like, odds are someone else is feeling this too. And you end up, it ends up coming out. So I would say it's not as planned as you'd think, but definitely through the process in the past couple of years, it's been just seeking out really wise individuals and really interesting stories and thinking, okay, what would help this person? And if mm-hmm. it would help that person or why does this connect? I know I get to be this kind of like, 
I look at it very significantly. Like I have this platform and it's my job to like elevate a message. And so if I see a lot going on in the world or a lot of anxiety or a lot of frustration or a lot of this, I'm like, let's speak something towards that. Let's keep it vague enough, right? So that we don't make people feel called out. It's that fine line of like, you don't want to, you want to hurt, like politely like steer them towards some aha moment, but you want them to get to it themselves, you know? Yeah. And I have to say that the music choice really like, it either like plugs that message in or it's just like you have to like sort of listen, you know, when you have that music, that song with the message that you're sharing, it like sometimes really just like penetrates my personal soul. Yeah, I really love it. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So how does it feel to have to show up? You know, you're very open about your struggles with mental health. What if you wake up and are having a bad day? How can you get on that bike and like be authentic? I mean, look, the hardest part, like having a bad day and having to be on camera and turn it on, it's been both a challenge, but it's also been a really great lesson for me because no matter what I go through in my life and I go through a ton of shit, like I'm very open about the fact like, okay, I have anxiety and depression. I was diagnosed in college. There are days where my thought pattern, like my head, you know, that voice in my head is just an asshole. And they keep telling me, or like, I could, you know, it could be like my time of the month and you know how your hormones are. And you're like, I look terrible and I have to wear spandex and and you feel all these other ways. But that's, but then it's, it's understanding. It's like, that's my humanity. Like, that's why I get to do this. And that's why it's important that I show up 
wherever I'm at. So definitely it's an elevated version of myself, right? Because it's not my job. I never want to pass on my, my muck to anybody that is riding with me in class or punching with me. That's not, that would be selfish on my behalf. That's not it. It's more, okay, how can we take this moment that I know I'm feeling? And I know someone else has felt this before. They could be feeling it right now. And what would I say to my friend who feels this way? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that that detachment because I feel this responsibility to connect in such a positive way and to empower so many people when those cameras go on. Mm-hmm. It It's weirdly so helpful. It's a form of – it's become very therapeutic for me because mm-hmm. it gives me a moment to get out of my own headspace and my own muck and remember the bigger picture and remember like, okay, this too shall pass. This is a time. This is an experience. This is – part of my humanity. This is going to make me a better human because I'm dealing with this, but it's all right. So I would say I will, although all full honesty, like the metal classes when I'm pissed mm-hmm. or I have some feeling about a certain way, yeah. or if, if there's a playlist that's a little extra angsty, yeah, it's coming from either a bad day or a rough conversation or some serious bullshit. I hear you. That's always a good time for like the punk stuff. So you pick all the music in advance. So cool. Now. Yeah. So we, we, we playlist everything ourselves. So that's, what's really fun is like when you're writing with any instructor, like that's them, that is their decision, the, the programming, the way that the playlist goes, what they're going to say about it, how we dress, like all of that's us. Like we definitely have guidelines and different things, especially when it comes to programming. But like for me, I'm like, listen, if I'm going to do a hip hop ride, it's going to be explicit. I just, yeah. in my energy, I've, I'm like, it's not my place to edit an artist. And I think the beauty of hip hop and the beauty of rap is like the intensity and mm-hmm. accepting it. And so, you know, it's fun when there's a really fun, nasty, nasty, like, you know, you just want to like twerk it on the bike type of a playlist. <laughs> it's so fun. It's like, we're going there. And some people love it. Some people hate it. That's okay. But that's what I'm not going to edit myself to try and fit somebody else's perception of me. I tried to do that when I was in training, actually. Um, And you'll love this story. So I was in training. It was a couple months. Tunde and I joined at the same time. And I was really struggling with the training process. I had such imposter syndrome. You know, I was coming onto Peloton. Everybody's like these big personalities. It felt like I was joining the Avengers. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know what my superpower is yet. Like, I don't know when it's going to hit or what's going on. So I kept trying to like play this archetype of what I thought people wanted me to be. And it was funny because, you know, I think that was kind of what I'd done for a lot of my life is mm-hmm. play into the role that people thought I needed to be or that I thought they expected me to be. Which was what? Who was it? It was this like bubbly, happy, cutesy. She's from California. Yay. Mm-hmm. And sunshine I this, gal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Super sunshiny, which is great. And there is a lot of that in me, but there's an intensity that I have. And I think for so much of my life, I've always felt like I had to apologize for it because it's like the shell didn't match the interior, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, one of the coolest things about myself now. And as I'm, you know, growing and evolving as a woman, I'm like, oh, I love that duality. But I hated that for so long growing up. And so in the training process, I kept trying to force like a square peg in a round hole. And I remember Cody pulled me aside. It was like two weeks before my premiere ride. And we had like a little a little heart to heart. And he's like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> He is what he is on the bike. Yeah. It's not actually way more, um, but such a sweetheart and a really good person. And, and he was like, listen, we are scrubbing the LA off of you with steel, with still steel wool, <laughs> like just like getting all of it. And he said, you don't need to be anything other than yourself. He's like, we don't want it. But he said, you need to start. He's like, get over it. Like you need to start being yourself. That's what we want. We want you to be that because that's why you're here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, go back to California for the weekend, figure it out, take a break and then come back. And so I went back, I was like freaking out. I went back and saw my parents. I was like, I'm messing this up. Like, Oh dear God, freaking out, freaking out, anxious as anything. And then that week before the premiere ride, I kind of started to get out of my head a little bit more. And then that, that class, I don't know what it was about that first class. It just, I looked on that leaderboard. There were 15,000 people. Jeez. Oh my God. For a premiere. (laughs) I'm literally staring directly at Robin and Cody. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then just something, something happened. I think it was like, I'm sick and tired of forcing it. I'm sick and tired of pretending. I was like, fuck it. Like we're, (laughs) we're just going in. And so it did. And it was such a freeing experience. And then in that evolution, like this job has really 
I'm so grateful to Peloton in the community because it's allowed me to be my whole self and to expose that more and more. And so I'm hopeful that in my journey and in the acceptance of the community, like I hope that's doing the same thing for the people on the other side of the screen, because it has been, even though we're distanced, it's been such a healthy functional relationship between the community and, and myself that I feel super grateful for it. That's amazing. Yeah. You definitely portray like a strong ass bitch. Like that's, (laughs) that's what I love love about you. Like it gives me like, you're like, I'm a strong ass bitch. (laughs) You are. Damn straight. So why do you think though that you didn't like that persona? Mm. Like, why do you think you were hiding it? Ooh, I mean, that's a good, oh, Bowie. You want to join on that one. (laughs) I mean, this is something, this feels like therapy. I love it. Um, I think I was hiding it because I I think I was afraid that as a woman, being strong and being and having an opinion and, and being intense, like the word intense has come up Mm -hmm. so many times in my life from when I was little, I knew what I wanted. I had super high standards for myself. I, if I wanted something, I was going to fight for it. And I have this fight personality. And so much of that energy I felt went against how society you know, and it's easy to blame, but I think women are always told to edit yourself, be smaller, be palatable, fit this mold. You're great up to here. You have to be demure. And there is nothing demure about me. Like when I walk in a room, I'm loud. I'm probably too loud. Sometimes when I hold a boundary, I can overcorrect, you know, we're working on it. We're in progress, but I'd rather be now exactly as myself than try to be palatable for some expectation that isn't aligned with my true self, my authentic self. I can really relate to that. It's kind of relevant to a conversation I was having with a friend about just like this word feisty that's used for women. And I was like, oh, I think it's a good word because I call myself feisty. And then I looked up the definition and it's like someone who's like fiery, but from an inferior or smaller perspective. And I'm like, oh, like people called me feisty. Is it because I'm like five feet tall or is it because I'm a woman or (laughs) like, I'm like, you know, I'm over, re- I'm being too intense, like you said, or aggressive yeah. for my size. Like I need to pin- put a pin in it really. And I was thinking about that. I was like, actually, I don't like that word <laughs> anymore. I, I disown that word because it's really just, I'm like opinionated. I'm loud like you too. And yeah, I agree with that. Like it's a part that you're told that you really shouldn't be as a woman, mm-hmm. but here we are, both of us. So. <laughs> and that's, I think, what's it. I mean, you know, and not, I'm going to probably make you blush, but like I've been, I mean, Betches has been a part of my world through co- like college, all of it. I remember the meet, like all of it, where it started. It's just been such a part of my universe. And so as a woman who is a CEO and has built a massive ass brand and has been so helpful to so many women and puts out so much good in the world. Yes, it is kind of offensive to be called feisty. Like, yeah. and I don't be like, Oh my God, I'm offended. Boohoo. Like, no, yeah, I'm no, like, I know you mean, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah. That's if any man did that, it'd be like, wow, what a bot. Like, look at that leadership skill. Look at that. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, everybody like puts their right. nose in the air. It's like, wow, here, let's give you like a top hat and a cane and you're welcome to the gentleman's club. Like, <laughs> okay. right. like women are allowed to be that way too. And I think, the women who changed the world, and I think all of us do in our own way, but the women that really are, are pushing forward and making that impact are always kind of told you're bossy, you're feisty, you're mm-hmm. too. It, a, lot of, a lot of the adjectives, the word too comes before them. Mm-hmm. And it's that you're too this, you're too that, you're too this. It's like, you know what? When, did, when was there a preconceived right amount mm-hmm. for a woman to be? Because truly – that's bullshit. That's just someone else's own insecurity trying to limit someone else's abundance. And I think at the end of the day, we all want to show up as authentically as we can be. So we have to stop putting limits on what makes us feel uncomfortable because someone shows up in the world that way. You don't have to like everybody. You don't have to enjoy everybody's energy. I know I annoy the hell out of people. I've seen it on message boards. I'd never look at those again. That was brutal (laughs) early on, but it's okay. You're not going to be for everybody, but you damn well got to be for yourself. Speaking of message boards, I read about (laughs) how, well, no, nothing bad. I read like an interview with you about how you used to kind of read hater stuff and then it it did get to you and you 
like sort of taught yourself how to get out of it. But before we kind of go into that, I'd love to maybe for the listeners who are not aware of your past with mental health struggles. Can, and you, yeah. you just touched on it, like you had OCD at the age of 11 and um, you have anxiety or depression. How has it been to go through that? And now, I don't know if you're out of it, but you do t- you're pretty open about oh, yeah. how you went on medicine and medication and things like that. So can you just kind of share that past with whatever sure. you're comfortable with? So being open about mental health was just something that I never thought I would be as open as I was, but then when the platform came about and I felt as if, again, I was perpetuating that image that we talked about. If I didn't be transparent about it and then I brought it up in a ride and that it kind of started the removing the mask and then coming into my own and speaking about these things. So for me, I was diagnosed with, um, with obsessive compulsive disorder right around nine or 10. I was a gymnast at the time, super perfectionist. I had all these rituals. I cut, I couldn't be barefoot. I had a whole nighttime ritual about like light switches and how I was tucked into bed. And I was very, very superstitious. And so with that superstition, uh, it was all, I thought that if I didn't follow a certain set of rules, I would be tormented somehow or something bad would happen. And it's funny now in the process, I'm like, oh, that was so much of my anxious mind already pulling up the monsters, having this like negative spiral. But I learned a lot of, a lot of working through with that. I had a therapist at that age, which was great. And my parents were wonderful about getting me into the right therapist. No stigma. Let's just go figure it out. Then come college, I think I'd been putting it off for a while. And I'm part of it probably was growing up acting and working so hard and getting so many no's Mm -hmm. that I was more used to no than yes. Even today I'm like, Oh, really? We're doing this? It's like, oh oh, oh my God. Amazing. It's still always a pleasant surprise now, but in college, it really got, it really got tough. And so I was putting off really the way that I was feeling the deeper feelings. And it got to a head in my senior year of college. uh, And I was at a point of just complete numbness. I didn't feel anything, but I was on the external, right? I was living up to the expectations I thought the world wanted of me. So Mm -hmm. I had all the good grades and the year before I was a cheerleader at SC and I was in this incredible program and interning and nobody would know. I'd go to the parties. I'd pretend to be happy. And, but I just slowly started shrinking and I just felt like a shell of myself. And I was at a very, very dark place. Just couldn't feel anything really felt like the color drained out of the world. And so that senior year of college, just before Thanksgiving, I was at a point and was on the verge of attempting suicide Mm -hmm. and had a, really out of body experience the moment before and like forecasted somehow, like something in my brain was just what would happen, the kind of after effects if I followed through. And it was very visceral. It was very real. And I looked at my phone and my mom had called me 15 times. Wow. Yeah. So she had a serious instinct that I was off and I picked up the next call and she's like, what's up? And I just, I was like, I need to come home. Mm -hmm. And so she picked me up and that's where the really serious treatment started. And like the next, I didn't go back to school the rest of that semester. My professors were great. My grades were so high. They're like, it's fine. We'll just follow what like, it doesn't even matter, which is just goes to show like you have no idea what can be going on with somebody beneath, beneath the surface, because it doesn't, it's not the depression commercials you see, right? It's not the, you know, someone's going to sulk into bed. Sometimes it can be, but a lot of times it's not. And so went through that. I don't remember those next few months at all. I still like, I've tried to recall. I don't remember the Christmas or New Year's or anything. And then I was in therapy and I got through that final year of college and was kind of back on track, which was good, but it took, I mean, it took a lot of effort. Like I couldn't shower for a few weeks, whatnot. So in that process, it's always been something that I'm going to deal with for the rest of my life. Anxiety and depression doesn't leave you. It's learning to understand and create space and give yourself grace, which is really hard. It's really hard when you feel like you fall back, you know, and that's part of the growth process. Like my brain as positive as I am on the bike and as, and I love that. And in fact, it gives me the chance to be that for other people, which is so healing for myself, but it's, there are days that it's a struggle. There are days where it's like, I got to find this from a different perspective. So yeah, the mental health experience has been, it's, it's just part of me. Yeah. I no longer look at it as my weak part. I used to. I now see it as like, okay, 
I've learned and grown so much and now I get to do what I get to do in the world and talk about this and help people because of how deep I can feel things and because of how I've traveled to those places before. Yeah. So it gives you a, a different depth to life. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I of mean, course. that must have been extremely difficult, but I'm glad you got all – you had really a really good support system. Yes, and that's, that's so huge. important. Yep, and getting in, and working with therapists and doing whatever treatment's needed. Yeah. There is no shame in it at all. Please yeah. no. Please go seek help. Well, I also think that sharing it, like especially you, your your persona is, like you said, it's positive for the most part. <laughs> uh, and sharing that other side, I think, is really important because a lot of people then can relate because that, like you said, it that is the that is how it is. It's like it's not always just down twenty four seven. It's up and down. It's up and down. And seeing that you can you can have this sort of positive side, but also struggle at the same time. I think that that shows to people that it allows them to explore themselves a little bit further because yeah. you, there, there is no perfect example of struggling with mental health. No. And it's, and it's more of the best way that I can kind of describe it. And I think you put that very, very well. It's not that you're totally in this really dark place and you can't get out of it. In fact, please like don't, don't get to that place. That mm -hmm. place means that there's been so much leading up to that before that. Yeah. It can be, you know, shoot, a couple days ago, I was going through something and I was, you know, living, living life, pulling at Kylie Jenner, just living my life. <laughs> realizing but, things. Just realizing things. <laughs> I did realize a few things from living my life, but, um, but it's very interesting. I, I was, you know, I'm back out in the world. I'm back out dating again. And I was just at a place of like, I don't like where this is going. My boundaries, I don't feel like are being respected. My energy is not being respected. And it, me it like messed with me because it brought up some different feelings that I'd felt in the past of like my own unworthiness that I had felt for so long. Uh -huh. And then I was like, wait a second, I don't have to be around this. Yeah. And then I kind of over, I mean, I handled it as I needed to, but I was like, I might've overcorrected that a little bit, but you know, <laughs> we're learning, we're learning how to do it. Yeah. But with that, it is, it's, there's no day that you're going to be 100%, 100% mm -hmm. happy. There's no day that you're going to be and 100% negative. There's always good and bad in every day. And I love this. And there's this, you know, Buddhism talks about a lot, a lot of other religions or spiritual forms. But the goal is about neutral, right? And it's like the yin and yang thing. Mm -hmm. There's good in the bad. There's bad in the good. But in general, they're both in balance. And it took a long time for me to understand that having a fine day Having like, yeah, it was a good day. It was fine. Like nothing happened. It was whatever. That's such a wonderful thing mm -hmm. because we can't live up here. We can't live at the peak all the time. And we can't also live in the valleys all the time. That neutrality is actually the most beautiful thing because you're living in that kind of flow. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's very challenging. But you can be going through a depressive period or episode or time in your life or you could be really having anxiety. And you could have a great night out with friends and then you could wake up and have a shit morning because you woke up and your your heart's beating out of your chest and you feel completely overwhelmed. They both can coexist. Yeah. And so understanding that like our mental health isn't something that just we address when we're in need. It's not like, okay, your arm is broken. Now let's set it. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You're going to wear a helmet when you ride your bike or when you go on whatever, because you want to prevent that from happening. And if it does, you want to be protected. It's the same thing, like practicing and taking care of your mental health is no different than staying consistent on your workout regimen or staying consistent with your sleep schedule. And they're hard to do. It's being an adult sucks. It's so hard. It's so much harder. <laughs> it's just nobody do it. It's not fun. But, but it's so important to understand, like, it's just another part of your process. And there's gonna be good days and bad days. And there are going to be days that are bad that you you're like, why is it a bad day? I feel like an asshole. My life is amazing. Mm -hmm. I have all these things going for me. And then you start to put the shame person on you and that little shame monster, which is awful. And I know it all too well, where you're like, God, I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. No, you should. You're human. It's part of it. It's part of the process. It's part of the life. Yeah. It's so funny that you said that you, it's not funny at all, but <laughs> it's funny that you said that you kind of had like that kind of anxiety or, or boundary setting. I had the exact same experience. <sighs> Someone yeah. pushed my buttons <laughs> and I gave into it. Like I, mm -hmm. you know, and I had an anxiety, like a panic attack. <sighs> and I, 
And I was, I felt so much shame about it. I was like, why am I having this? Like, I should be better than this. Oh my God. Yes. And when I was no longer emotional, Mm -hmm. I reassessed the situation. I was like, actually, this was a response to someone pushing my boundaries and someone close to me pushing my boundaries. And this is this, I didn't stand up for myself. And that's what happened. And I let like those like feelings of like exactly what you said, a feeling of feelings of like, this is about my daughter, but feelings like I'm not a good mom or like mm-hmm. whoever is pushing my boundaries, the specific person is <laughs> thinks I'm not a good mom or something. And I'm like letting yeah. that in and I'm letting that outside perspective in and I'm taking it as my own thoughts. But really I like looked, I zoomed out and I was like, yeah. no, 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 this isn't me. And I had that conversation. I was like, this is what was happening. I'm sorry I freaked out, but this is what was happening. And I was really, and I really was very proud of myself because I also noticed that I actually am struggling with more anxiety than I thought, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm oh, like looking at yeah. how to handle it. But it was, it was, it was really hard. It was really hard to say like, okay, actually I have a lot more anxiety than I think I do. Yep. And just to, just to, just to experience that like kind of from a zoomed out perspective is was good for me because now I'm making certain changes in my life. Exactly. Um, and and some things you learn because you Has you kind of step something. in the bucket and you mm-hmm. fall into the trap. And it's totally. a, I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, there's this concept of I should be better than this, right? Mm-hmm. There's this expectation that comes, especially when you do a lot of work on yourself, that you're like, oh, I conquered this or I overcome I overcame this. We all have triggers and we don't know what those triggers are sometimes until they're <laughs> triggered. Until the trigger is triggered. And you're like, oh, she had an emotional response to that one. Damn. And I think the bigger part is like we're all processing our own needs and we're all trying to figure out what those are in our life and they change and they shift. But things that are rooted in us or our own, and we all have feelings of unworthiness or anxiety and all of that. I think how you handled it was wonderful. And I think what's great is like you gave yourself that moment to like take that step back, yeah. understand where it comes from, and then you can explain where you came from. But at the same time, two, th- two, two of these things can be real at the same time. Whatever, however that came out from whatever other person or whatnot, they still disrespected a boundary that's important. Yes. yes. That can be true. You could have also... I hate to use the word overreact because we re- that sh- that means that there's like a right way to respond and a, and a wrong. And I think my that's fuse not- blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like I I jumped. You I know, was my- like full yeah. like, <laughs> You know the intensity, which is okay yeah. because with intensity comes passion, with passion comes care, and that comes from an honest place, and it, it comes from a human place. And you could see that too. And I think the fact that both it's a learning experience for all people involved, but all that you can be responsible for and all that you can understand is like you're responsible for what you learned uh, uh, for yourself. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that person learned something. But there's also the world where you could come back and say, hey, this is what it is. This is where I was coming from. I went to here. That wasn't intentional in this way. And they could still come back and say, well, you're a dick and you're an asshole and blah, 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 blah. And I feel, I feel swarded and I feel mad and blah, blah, blah. You're not responsible for that. Right. You're only responsible for handling your own, your own self and your own actions. So I, I love that we're having this conversation because it's true. It's like, there's no, you were never going to be completely like, Oop, I did it. I'm never going to respond to things a certain way. I'm never going to be triggered by anything ever again. Mental never. health and, and investing in yourselves and your own anxiety and depression or whatever it is that you have, it's a process yeah. and you're always learning and you're always growing through it. And it's just, you know, you take it one day at a time. Totally. And boundaries are very hard to set until you set them. And once you set them and practice them, to enforce. Yeah. Yes, then you have to enforce. They're hard to enforce. But once they're in place and you are you know that you did it one time, it's easier to do it the second time. And it's even easier to do it the third time. And then it just becomes the way that it is. And you have done this like extreme mental exercise as a form of self-care and mental health. And now life is a little a tiny bit better because yeah. of that. Exactly. And being able to say like, this is why, oh, wow, I learned something here. And this is what I know I need for myself. It's so amazing how just figuring out what works for you and what doesn't work for you is so freeing. Mm -hmm. 
the setting of the boundaries is definitely tough, especially if it's a, a relationship you've had for a long time, if it's familial, if it's, you know, that can be really challenging because, and your boundaries change and shift depending on where you are growing. But at the same time, like the people who love you, the people who care, the people that are there for you, if you can communicate like, okay, I'm in process, I'm working on this, I'm learning that, they stick around because at some point the shoe will be on the other foot and you'll be doing that for them. And that's where actually those relationships build and grow and letting go of the things that, or those relationships that when you hold a boundary, they don't respect it or they don't, or you can't communicate about it. Mm, yeah. That's just not a relationship you need. It's superficial. Yep. Even though it doesn't feel it. So speaking of boundaries and things like that, it's a thing that's in your toolbox. And I know, I know you talked about like mental toolboxes. Yeah. What are some of your tools? What are things that you reach for when you are going through something or having a middle day, bad day, good day? Like what, what are the things that you have or have learned in the past? Yeah. It's fun because that toolbox has gotten pretty, it's Heavy. gotten pretty hefty. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud. I'm like, oh, we got some options in here. one. <laughs> yeah, true. Right? You're like, it's like makes it thud when you put it on the table and you're like, ooh, what's all, what's in the Mary Poppins bag? But I would say, yeah, there's quite a few. I would, first thing, and what I've really gotten into recently is a lot of type of, is breath work. So any type of somatic skill is really fascinating. It's a way to regulate your breath that it's also, you could tie it to like mindfulness meditation but it's a little bit more present than being like, let me shut off my mind or focus on my toes wiggling. It's an active movement. Cause for me with my energy and intensity, I need activity to help kind of pull me back to calm, which is kind of ironic. Mm -hmm. So there's different breathing techniques. I actually do one in class often. So at the beginning of class, the double inhale to the long exhale, it's a shortened, varied version of it, but it helps bring your heart rate back down. It helps regulate your blood, your blood pressure. So that double inhale and the hold ensures that there's oxygen in your body. And then that exhale removes the CO2, which is kind of what too much CO2 in the brain causes a lot of cortisol. I am not a doctor. I simply, <laughs> I simply go to a lot of therapy guys. <laughs> I'm giving you all my therapy by proxy. Uh, so breathing techniques have been great. I love breath work as well. I try to do it once a week or every couple weeks. Um, my, a dear friend of mine, she hosts these breath work sessions through Zoom. And it's a, a, a type of breathing that you do for 25 minutes. And it's amazing. It gets you to this like lucid place. And what, what is it? What is it like? Oh my gosh. I'll have to invite you to the next <laughs> I'll, I'll bring you. I'll be like, oh my God, you're going to love this. So for 25 minutes, it's a belly inhale, a chest inhale, and then a forceful exhale. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, everybody I'm do it. it. <laughs> Everyone do it. You do that on repeat uh, for 25 minutes. You're laying on the floor. Wow. You don't have um, like your head is flat on the ground to ensure like Oh, the blood flow is good. Everything's fine. It can feel, it totally depends on where you're at. Like if there's anger sitting in your system somewhere, sometimes you get really hot. If there's a lot of healing that needs to be done, like I've like up and started just, I'm like, Oh, I think I'm crying because you get past your consciousness. You're just kind of in this lucid state where whatever is rumbling around in there is somehow exercised away. I don't remember some of what happens. I'm like, Oh, I know I had this very visual like moment or yeah. I felt like I got out of the breath and then I took a big exhale and then I like started, I was like tearing up. I'm like, what's going on? And then you move past it. It's really fascinating. So you do that for about 25 minutes and then the next 10 minutes, I think it's 10 or 15 are just back in your natural breath and kind of letting everything settle. And the best way I can describe it is it feels like, like a snow globe when you shake up a snow globe and everything's all over the place. Uh -huh. You're doing that in the breath work and you're just like getting all of it out. And then when you get back into your standard breath, then it all settles in. That's cool. And you kind of, oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's been incredibly helpful because it's a type of work that's simple. Like you're not overthinking because my brain loves to overthink. I got like hiking trails of freaking let's go over here. Oh, let's go off of like, you know, overthinking cliff and let's bungee jump off of this conclusion. Like it's, it's a lot of <laughs> So anytime I can get the hell out of my head and back into my body, which again is something I say like out of your head into your body. I say it all the time in class because that's when the mental tries to come in and restrict you. Right. Yeah. And the ego comes in to restrict. So breath work has been super helpful. Music, music is so much, like so much of my playlists that I make for classes, I'll like download them. I'm like, Ooh, this is a good one for this. Or like my low impact rides. I'm like, Oh, when I need to chill, we're going to do yeah. those. 
having playlists based off of your mood or what you need is super helpful. Um, God, there's so many other things. Having your, your support system. Like I brought her up before, my, one of my best girlfriends, Kate, she and I both have been to a lot of therapy in our lifetimes just because from our own experience. So our conversations are always so deep and she is going through something and I'm going through something and I know I can call her for whatever and we can have those discussions. So having kind of like your, your handful of humans that you know that you're like, oh my God, I'm so pissed at this bullshit mm-hmm. and they'll let you vent and there's not a causality with it. There's not like a transaction. It's just yeah. an open, safe space is super important. And then after that, just like getting out of your comfort zone, being creative, getting, doing new things, trying new things. Mm-hmm. It's good because your brain ends up built. Every time you do something new, when you're learning, your brain builds a new neural pathway and it's just a new route. And yeah. so when you learn new things, you try new things, or, you know, you go on a roller coaster or whatnot, anything, or you kind of overcome a fear, you're always expanding. So I try, and I've felt like this lately. I'm like, okay, I'm in such like a system and a routine of what I need to do. I'm like, I just need to get out. Like yeah. maybe I'll book a flight and go here, or maybe I'll, you know, go throw pottery somewhere, you know, all these, <laughs> I, I want to do something new. I got to mix pottery. it up. So yeah, I would say those, those are quite a few. And then also gratitude journaling. Oh, love it. It's been very, very helpful for me. You're just, you journal what you're grateful for like every day. So actually I have, ironically I have it next to me because I did it before we uh, did this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the one I like is called the five minute journal. Cause mm-hmm. again, that one. too yeah. many, too, like I love the idea of a morning ritual. It's important and nighttime ritual, but I'm finding, and I love you social media, but they're getting really glamorized. Mm, yeah. Kind of like the what I eat in a day videos. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. No, we, we don't need to compare. We don't need to make ourselves feel bad because we don't eat what you eat. Yeah. Or have the time to make what you make. Um, the what I like about the five minute journal is like you it's it literally takes less than five minutes. So it's a couple things in the morning and it some of it too helps kind of build out your day. One of my favorite prompts says, What would make today great? Mm. Ooh, and so it kind of directs one. your thoughts. Yeah. About, okay, if I do this today, I will, it'll, it'll make me feel great, but it's not a to-do list of expectation. It's just simply, oh, this would make me feel great. So it kind of puts it in your brain as like a reward that, rather yeah. than, rather than something that is like a must or a restraint. And then at the end of the day, you go back to that same page. It's all on one page, tiny little lines, and then you can write what made the day great and what um, you're going to bring into the following. So it just is kind of a little check-in. Super easy, super low lift. What do you feel that that like result? How do you feel that that changes you? I think we, and I, 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 well, I'll speak for myself. I think a lot of people probably could feel this. We only focus on what we haven't done. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah. much on productivity and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I need to, and especially like living in New York city and you know, I'm sure with your job and with my job, there's always so much going on. You have a husband, you have a baby, like you have all of these wonderful things that we forget how incredible it is. Just the general things we do during the day, like making your bed is a wonderful thing to do and that's taking care. And if you don't, that's okay too, you know, but understanding and taking stock in, oh, I did do this today. I did create this today. I did have this effect today. I did overcome or learn something about myself today. I did make a mistake, but I'm growing from it today. Mm -hmm. Being able to take stock in that, I think takes away this big mountain of shame of like, I'm not enough and helps remind you in those tiny moments, like, wait, I did. I'm proud of me for this moment. And that's key. I think it's important in our growth to do that. It definitely grounds you in the present because, you know, we're always like, oh, the time, time goes by so fast. I have to do all these things for the rest of the week. I'm thinking about Friday. I'm thinking about next Saturday. I'm thinking about, and you're just, you go further and further away from like the, the present moment that you're living in. So I think I'm yeah. going to try that. Yeah, I'm going to try it. Well, thank you, Kendall. This has been such a great conversation. I have one more thing. It's called DST Confessions. Yes. And you must confess something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I read that your hairstyle is a hint for how easy or difficult a class is going to be. Is that true? Confess to it now. <laughs> I will say this. Yes. Okay. It actually is because it's a, it's a byproduct of function, right? Oh, okay. If it's going to be really hard. I don't want hair whipping in my face. Okay. I also don't, I try to keep my hairstyle intact and not wash it a million times a day. That's another thing I'm always thinking about. How are you, how is your hair still stay the same at Girl, the end? Dry shampoo before you work out. Oh. Oh my really? God. Wait, did you not know this trick? Oh no. my God. 
<laughs> and I have really curly hair. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, this is it. Like, this is three day old hair. What? And tonight, and I probably won't wash it tonight. Okay, here's what you do. Here's what oh, you do. My mind. You get a good dry shampoo. Okay. Whatever your favorite is. Anything that's not too powdery, but also not. I would be aware of anything with charcoal because that can kind of kill and dry out your roots. Okay. Go for your sweat spot. So go like around the nape of your neck, all up in there. Just spray. Yep. Wherever you get super sweaty, where like the grease buildup is, spray it. Don't touch it. Just okay. let it, let it be there. Like let it be the powdery stuff that it is. Now, granted, it's not going to be the good dry shampoos won't change your hair a weird color, right? You work out, you keep your head and then also oil your ends a little bit before you work out. That way the sweat doesn't, because sweat is just salt water and that'll dry out already dried hair, especially if you color treat or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to avoid split ends here and we're trying to keep our hair growing and nice. So you work out, you take your hair down from whatever you had it up in, and then you take your hair dryer and you blow dry your roots. So all that dry shampoo is, is just product that soaks up. It's like powder, it's like baby powder. It just soaks up all of the sweat and grease and whatnot. So if you leave it in there as like, again, the preventative measure, kind of like, kind of like what we should be doing with our mental health, right? We need to like dry shampoo ourselves every day. Uh, then when you blow dry it out, it just blow dried out this, whatever contained all that sweat. Oh, and it and then up. you're left with fresher hair and then you can add a little bit more dry shampoo for volume or whatever it would be. I am telling you, you will be able to work out multiple days in a row and not have to wash your hair. This is blowing my mind. I always, I do dry shampoo like before I have to like look presentable, not before I work out. I am going to try this later. Yeah, it, I swear to God, that's how I... Yeah, like I probably wash my hair. This might sound gross. Well, people who honestly DSTers get it. Y'all, yeah, y'all understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys okay. understand. I probably wash my hair twice a week. Yeah, no, that's I don't want to dry it. And it's it's curly. It's color treated. It's Same. New York water. It's a lot, right? I'm often like my hair is straight right now. Like I don't remember the last time I blew out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wait, okay, but if I wash my hair now and if I work out here, but yes. then. It's, it's, the struggle is real, but I'm telling you dry shampoo at the roots. Do not touch it. Let it just, let it be, let her sit, let her marinate, let her marinate in all your sweat, take it down, blow dry it out and then add a little bit more if you need and like fix up the little pieces, but you'll be solid. I love it. But so when your hair is up though, it's going to be a harder class. Usually. Yes. The only time that if you take a low impact ride and it's my hair's up and you think, what the hell? It's simply because I taught two other classes in that same outfit before and I just can't change my hair in between. Oh my God. How many classes do you teach a day? <laughs> Thursdays are brutal. So I'll teach live at 730 in the morning and then I'll record usually two classes back to back immediately after. And you're like working out during those. Uh, so <laughs> I have this... Uh, and this is my ego and my pride, but I don't do anything I don't ask y'all to do while my body allows me to do it, right? So yeah. if I'm like in a metal ride, if I'm giving you those resistances, I'm in those resistances. I might be on the lower end of the range, but yeah. I'm not going to tell you to do it if I don't do it. And I don't stop. I, I will not stop. To me, if I stop, you're allowed to stop. Yeah. And it's okay. You can stop, but I, I feel in my personal preference, I don't like I don't like it. I don't stop. I'm impressed. That's insane. So that could also help the mental health. The amount of like yeah. endorphins, right? Yeah, you're just you're just the endorphins are just running amok in there. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you for showing up for us. Oh, I personally so appreciate it. You're amazing. Thank you for opening up to me, to all of the DSTers, especially as a DSTer. Yes. I appreciate you so much. Can you? I know you're working on um, a really cool. Uh, collab with Spiritual Gangster. Can you share about that? I'd love to. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to share about that. Yes, I'm so excited. So actually, it it just is dropping right now. It is um, the first part of some of our capsule collections that are coming out. But it's a T-shirt and a crop tank, and it honors and benefits um, mental health for a company called or a charity called Bring Change to Mind. And they're really awesome. They do a lot of work in high schools and in colleges to create support groups, so we can really get to the kids that are going through it in the time period when most, when most people do. So 17 to 24 is kind of that flux point where most people go through their heaviest mental health turn. It's starting to trend a little earlier, they're finding, but being able to create support groups in, in those communities is so key. So I'm really excited about that. It's a super cute tank and there's a t-shirt. What does and, it say? Uh, it says never knocked out. Never. Knocked so out. it's a variation of they can knock you down and they can't knock you out. That is what my, the quote, my dad 
raised me up on. And then when I was really in that dark space, he would remind me, he's like, Kenny, this can knock you down, but it's not going to knock you out. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. And you say that at the end of the class. I do. And that's why I say it at the end of class, yeah. because it's just, it's kind of my message from my darker days to hopefully your brighter ones. So. Well, I love it. So where can people find that? Yes. Okay. So they can find the t-shirt um, on spiritualgangster.com. It just dropped. And then also I'll have links on my social media, everything. I've had it forever. It's fit F I T X Kendall. It was fit by Kendall. And then I, and then Peloton happened. And then I was like, I guess we're keeping it. Like, yeah, it works. <laughs> it works. Look up Kendall tool. You'll find it too. You know how like sometimes you read something different than yes. what it says? Oh God, wait, did, how do you Fix read it? it? Kendall. Yes. Oh my God. Everybody call. I should honestly change it because everyone's like, oh, you're fix it Kendall. And I'm like, oh, God. But it, it kind of tracks because my last name is tool. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. And your toolbox. Oh my God. It's really coming together. God, I know, right? <laughs> Who knew? This last name I was like ambivalent about ends up becoming. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kendall. Appreciate you. you so much. And that is it for today's episode of Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'll be back this Thursday to answer your DST questions. Be sure to send them DST at batches.com to get them answered or call our DST hotline. It's 212 287 Follow Kendall at not fix it Kendall, but fit X Kendall. Follow me at Aileen. Follow Diet Starts Tomorrow at Diet Starts Tomorrow. And if you like this episode, please go leave us a review. Tell your friends. Tell your friends that Kendall is a DST tier and you should be one too. And they can knock you down, but they can never knock you out. We're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.